Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you this morning. You excited to be here today? All right. If you're watching online, it's great to have you watching with us from home. Have a pancake for me. Sounds really good this morning. I'm excited to talk about hope this morning. Come on, who needs some more hope in their lives? Before I dive into that, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever experienced a culture that was different than your own? It's kind of interesting when you experience culture, like there's, there's people in the world, there's people who live differently than us, and it's kind of crazy when you experience another culture. I'll never forget when I went on a missions trip, when I was 16, I went on a missions trip to Mexico, and it was the first time I realized how great I had it in the United States of America and how some people lived their lives completely different. And then I remember I went on a mission trip to Panama, and I'm just amazed. You know, I, I got off the plane, and the policemen, you know, they're carrying around assault rifles, not just a sidearm. It was just a different experience, a different culture. I remember getting to our hotel room when I was on this mission trip to Panama, and I got into this hotel, and it was kind of like a Motel 6, except like one of the worst kind of versions of a Motel 6. And Meg and I walked into our room that we were going to be staying in for the week, and there was one little twin bed in the middle of the room, and uh, there was like a web around it to keep the bugs out of your, you know, out of your bed at night, and it was, we sat on this bed, and it broke right away. That's when I was inspired to get back in the gym a little bit. <laughs> but it was totally different than any hotel I'd ever experienced before. When you, when you got into the shower, when you got into the bathroom, there was really no toilet pressure, very little uh, pressure coming out of the shower. It was just dribbling out, very tough. And then what was funny is there's 100 degrees there with 100% humidity. It was crazy hot. So we walk in this hotel, and luckily they had air conditioning units. But us being from America, we're used to just like running those units all the time, right? So you leave your room, you keep the unit on, so when you come back, it's cold. Apparently they don't do that over there. We blew the power in the entire place <laughs> because we were running our air conditioning so much, and we pretty much had to live without air the rest of the trip. And then... The shower pressure went out completely, and we had to take bucket showers and flush the toilet with a bucket of water. Very different cultural experience. One of the crazier things, this is not funny, but it kind of is, but it's not really, <laughs> was a bunch of our students, they saw a little... Um, a little play area with a bunch of guinea pigs running around one day in the afternoon, and they were all thinking, that's so cute, look at all the guinea pigs. Well, the next morning, all the guinea pigs were gone, and we were having that for breakfast. Very different cultural experience. 
than I could ever imagine anywhere else. This place also had bugs everywhere. I mean, we had to put a hundred deep mosquito spray around us just to keep some of the bugs away from us. And I remember I'm praying for this guy. To, it was an outdoor church, and I'm praying over this guy, and he's, we're both sweating because of how hot it is. And all these bugs are like crawling down his neck, down his shirt. And I'm like, oh, Lord, touch him. Touch him, Father. He didn't even blink, but me, I was like, my skin was crawling inside. (laughs) Then a week later, I came back, and a buddy of mine was getting married, and he wanted me to do the wedding. So he put Megan and I up in a five-star hotel in downtown Chicago. And we walk into our hotel room, much different experience. Beautiful king-size bed in the middle, eight pillows, <laughs> soft mattress, HD TV screen on the wall. I could set the temperature to whatever I wanted it to be in that room. A menu full of eggs for breakfast instead of guinea pig. <laughs> Different culture. We live in a world with a lot of different cultures. And I want to talk a little bit about this morning about how the kingdom of God has its own culture that's different than the cultures of this world. And the kingdom of God operates outside of the boundaries of our world. It operates outside of any nation. It operates outside of any race. It operates outside of any politics. And it's very countercultural in many ways, the kingdom of God. In fact, in the book of Galatians 3, 26 through 28, Paul says these words. And let me tell you, when he spoke these words to the church of Galatia, this was brand new messaging. This was something that Jesus inspired and Paul followed through with but it was something that had never been taught before. He says this in Galatians 3, 26 through 28. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Listen to this. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. You're all one in Christ. This may just sound like something we read now, and it's no big deal. But back in the day when you said there was neither Jew nor Gentile, wait a minute. The Gentiles are saying, are you telling me that the Jewish God accepts us now? as his own. I've never had a Jewish person over to my house and they've never invited me over to theirs. We just don't do that. Are you really saying in Christ? There's no Jew or Gentile. That's right. There's neither slave nor free. Wait, no human has more value than another human? That was unheard of in this culture. They lived in a culture where People had different values. Are you really telling me no human being has more value than another human being? Nor is there male or female. 
wait a minute. <laughs> Back in the day, this was unheard of. That there was no distinction in the value of a man or a woman. This was crazy new messaging. For you are all one in Christ. This means one, as in no distinction made between people. All are of equal value and dignity in Christ. This is kingdom culture. And it's different than our culture. This disrupted the entire world. This messaging, it changed everything. That's how powerful kingdom culture could be, and we get to be a part of it. We're in a series called Anthem of Hope, and I want to tell you, for as much as 2020 has been crazy and has given us reason to panic, reason to have fear, reason to be scared of what's coming, I want to tell you, we still have a lot to remain hopeful about. We still have a bright future in front of us. And the main reason why I have hope is because I know that I'm a part of the kingdom of God, which is bigger than the kingdoms of this world. I put my hope in the things of God. I have hope because I operate outside the boundaries and principles of this world. I operate within the boundaries of the kingdom of heaven, and it's different, and so do you. So I want to talk about this for a minute. A few years back, I did a series called How to Kill a Spider, and the main objective of that series was to get to the root cause of why we behave the way we behave. See, a lot of times we look at our behaviors uh, in a certain way and we try to fix our behaviors. The problem with that is we never get to the root of what's causing us to behave a certain way. So if you really want to change a behavior, you have to go deeper than the outside behavior. And that is this. Can I have that slide up here? Basically, you have your identity plus your beliefs plus your mindsets, plus your environments, equal your behavior. So instead of just trying to change your behavior, we got to go back to the beginning. We have to go back to the building blocks, our identity, our mindsets, our beliefs. Those are all crucial. And in order for us to have hope for a bright future, we have to have kingdom identity, kingdom mindsets, and kingdom beliefs. If we start there, then our behaviors reflect the kingdom of God. They reflect the fruit of the Spirit. They reflect the, the, the transformative power of Jesus Christ in our lives. But if we don't start with our identity, our beliefs, and our mindsets, we will never be able to truly change our behavior because change comes from the inside out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if we really want to see transformation take place, we've got to change some mindsets and we've got to adopt some kingdom principles into our lives. So for the rest of the time today, what I want to do is I want to take a look at the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to take a look at several verses in Ephesians. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about the characteristics of kingdom culture. And I'm telling you, if we apply the truth in these verses to our lives, it'll change our identity, it'll change our beliefs, it'll change our mindsets, and in turn change our behaviors and give us hope for a bright future because I really believe the future is hopeful and bright. Now, we've chopped the Bible up into chapters and verses, but just so you know, that's not how the book of Ephesians was written. If the book of Ephesians was written as one letter to the church in Ephesus, we put it in chapters and verses so it's easy to find things. But actually, uh, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 in the Greek is actually one sentence. Pretty long run-on sentence. But it's one sentence. It's supposed to be one thought. So I want to kind of dissect this one thought with you this morning. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's a powerful verse in itself. Right there, Paul's saying, Uh, One of the biggest theological truths we have is our position is in the heavenlies in Christ. We, our position isn't in the world. Our position isn't on earth. Our position as a Christ follower is in Christ in the heavenlies. That's the kingdom culture that we're a part of is a heavenly culture. In Christ can be found 10 times through verses 3 through 13. Paul's trying to get our attention. He's trying to tell Christians something super important here. He's trying to tell us, you're not like everyone else. You're in Christ. And being in Christ changes the game. It changes everything. Ephesians 1.4 goes on to say, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now this verse gets people all kinds of theological discussions going about predestination and election. And I don't want to jump into that this morning. But I do believe, my personal belief, is that God here is talking about his plan for salvation not being, not choosing people, but he's chosen a plan that people will accept and put their faith in, a plan for salvation that's not based on a man's merit or works, but based on grace through faith. I love it. I believe salvation is for all. That's what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. And I believe the only reason we can be found blameless or holy in the sight of God is because of the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. So God offers this amazing plan of salvation to us. It's something that only God could have come up with. So from here, what I want to do is I want to give you three characteristics of kingdom culture that will change our identity, beliefs, and mindsets and lead to hope. You ready for number one? All right, number one. 
We have hope because we are adopted into God's family. We have hope because we're adopted into God's family. Ephesians 1, 5 through 6 says this. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely given, has freely given us in the one he loves. God adopted us into his family, not only to save us, but because it brings him pleasure. So many times, most Christians feel like God, we're not bringing God pleasure, we're bringing God disgrace. Like, oh, I'm messed up, I'm not living as good as I should live, I really need to change a few things. But the truth is that God adopted us, he sent his son to die for us and adopted us into his family because we give him pleasure. He loves us. I saw this bumper sticker the other day that said, I adopted my dog, but who rescued who? <laughs> Amen, that's right. I have a dog person too. I like that. But basically, what this bumper sticker is saying is, yeah, I adopted the dog. I had the plan. But this dog is basically helping me too. And I really, it, it, the dog's bringing me pleasure too. And I really believe that God is saying, I'm adopting you into my family, not just because I'm saving you from an eternity in hell. I'm adopting you into my family because it gives me great pleasure to have you there. I love being with you. He gave us this free grace this free salvation, this free gift just because he wanted to bless us and it brings him pleasure. A few weeks ago, uh, my brother and sister-in-law were in town with the kids and I got a chance to celebrate my niece's birthday. And my, my parents got my niece a Nintendo Switch for her birthday. And so Megan and I wanted to get a game to go with that Switch. So I was asking some people around, what, what are some good Nintendo Switch games for kids? And there was this game, Super Mario Deluxe. Now, I'm a little out of the video game realm right now, but what this game did is bring me back to my childhood, where we played Mario Brothers on the Nintendo. Come on, who remembers the Nintendo NES? That's awesome. Great system. So we got this Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, and it's basically Mario Brothers, but two people can play at the same time. And so one night, my nephew said, Uncle Chris, will you, will you play this game with me? And I said, I, I'd love to. So we sat down, we put the game in, and I was amazed how quickly he picked up the game. Not only picked it up, but he was bossing me around telling me what to do in the game. <laughs> Uncle Chris, you're not doing this right. We failed this level because of you. Okay, I get it. But playing this game with my nephew for hours, I, I could have played it for hours because he was laughing. He was so excited. This one gift that he received 
brought him so much pleasure and so much joy, but it didn't compare to the pleasure and joy I received watching him spend that time with me. We bonded over it. We hung out. We had fun. And honestly, I, I, I would have just kept playing that game all night with him. This is the kind of pleasure that our God gets. He gave us this free gift of salvation. He adopted us into his family because he wants to bond with us. He wants to teach us how to be like a part of his culture. He wants to spend time with us. He loves us. That gives me hope that the God who created everything, he loves us and wants to walk with us, wants to do life with us. So that's number one. We have hope because we're adopted into God's family. Number two, we have hope because we're part of God's redemptive plan. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 says this. It says, in him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. This word redemption in the Greek, it actually in the Greek has the word the in front of it, meaning the redemption indicating that there's one way to God through his redemptive plan that he came up with. Now, this language was very familiar to the people Paul was writing to because the word redemption was used, uh, it was commonplace, it was used in the slave market back in the day where human beings were offered for sale to the highest bidder. So they're, just like we have farmer's markets today, they had slave markets back then where human beings, because of debt or because of the family they grew up with or because they, they were poor, they were sold as slaves in the marketplace. And what would happen is someone would come and they would redeem that person. They would redeem them. And the definition of redemption is this. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. So they would pay for these people or they would clear their debt and then they would redeem them into their family. Take them home and that person was now theirs. And just as a slave back in the day was redeemed by the payment of a price Paul uses this language to tell us that Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, redeemed us. He saved us. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves to unrighteousness. We were slaves to our flesh. And he saved us and redeemed us and wiped out our debt, wiped out the, the, all the junk from our past and set us up for a bright new future. That should give us hope. We're redeemed. Ephesians 1 9 says, He made us known, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed 
in Christ. New Testament kingdom culture, it broke down the, raw, the walls that had bound people for centuries. It broke down those barriers. There was no favoritism and no distinction between people anymore. And that's one of the reasons why the Jewish people rejected Christ. It's because there were no walls anymore. They didn't like that. But Jesus broke down those walls. Kingdom culture breaks down those walls. Ephesians 1, 10 through 12 says this, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And that's powerful, church. Not only am I redeemed, but I'm part of a kingdom that's bringing unity to everything on earth. That's part of kingdom culture is bringing unity to everything on this earth. There's unity in heaven. And God wants to use his church to bring unity to earth as well. And I love that I'm in Christ and I'm redeemed. But not only am I redeemed, but I'm positioned with authority in Christ. See, when you become redeemed by Christ, you are not only given the righteousness of God through Christ, but you are given the authority of Christ. That's what Christ wanted to do. He wanted to give us not only redemption, but authority. That's powerful. We have authority. That gives me hope that I walk redeemed, I walked forgiven, I walked righteous, and I walk with authority in Christ. The last thing is this. We have hope because we are sealed for eternity. I talked about this a few weeks ago in our end of day series, but I want to bring it back again because I think it's so crucial for hope for the future. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this. It says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. After a believer hears the truth and responds to that truth, kneels at the foot of the cross and is redeemed by the blood of Christ and the Holy Spirit, we are sealed. We are marked by the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we don't understand the power of a seal in our day and age when it says you're sealed. But when something was sealed, 
back in the time that this was written, it had the seal. Like when you lived the time of kings and monarchs and there was a seal of the king, whatever the king put his seal on had so much authority. Whatever the king sealed, it was like his word. And no one argued with it. No one talked bad about it. No one tried to change the king's mind. It was sealed. If you remember with me, when King David, back in the Old Testament, he had an affair with Bathsheba. And he brought Uriah the Hittite home because Bathsheba got pregnant. And what he did was he sent a letter to the army in Joab, the leader of the army named Joab, with a seal. And Uriah the Hittite carried this letter to Joab with the seal of the king. Little did Uriah the Hittite know in this letter that he couldn't open because it was sealed. And if he opened it, he would die. He gave this letter to Joab and King David said, you know what? Send Uriah the Hittite to where the battle's the fiercest, then pull back, and it's going to cost him his life because David was trying to get out of a really bad, poor choice he made. He was trying to get out of it. He was trying to fix it. Right, wrong, or indifferent, when the king put his seal on something, it was his seal. It had authority. Joab opened this letter. And I could only imagine him going, but, but Uriah the Hittite's a great guy. Uriah the Hittite's a good man. He's honorable. He's one of my best soldiers. It's how I win battles. It would have been easy for Joab to just say, no, I'm not listening to this one, King David. I'm not listening to it. But he couldn't. Because no matter what, right, wrong, indifferent, the king's seal meant something. He had to obey that order. No matter what. So when Paul right here says you're sealed by the king of kings, the God who created everything, and said you're sealed in the Holy Spirit, that you're marked that your life is different now, that it's set apart, that it's a deposit guaranteeing an inheritance, that you get to live by the transformative power of the Holy Spirit of God, that the fruit of the Spirit can actually transform and change your life, that the gifts of the Spirit can help you operate in the authority that God wants you to have. We were sealed and we get to walk in in authority. That's powerful, church. I have hope this morning. And one of the main reasons I have hope is because I belong to my heavenly father, I'm in Christ and so are you. And being in Christ doesn't mean we aren't affected by the things that happen in this world, but it means we don't have to receive it or react the same way everyone else does. 
we have hope. So my question to you is this. What culture are you operating in? What is defining your identity, your beliefs, and your mindsets? What is feeding the identity, beliefs, and mindsets? Is it kingdom culture? Is it the principles of God? Is it the fact that you've been adopted as a son or daughter of the living God? Is that your identity? Because as a Christian, our identity, in, if in order for us to behave properly, in order for us to live for Christ, our identity has to be as a son or daughter of the living God. If it's anything but that, you're starting from the wrong place and your foundation is off. Your mindset, is it kingdom culture? Is it from a position of authority in Christ in the heavenly realms? Or is your mindset and beliefs coming from a different spot other than our biblical worldview, our New Testament Christianity? Where are those beliefs and mindsets coming from? Because those are gonna shape our lives. Those are gonna be the things that affect the rest of the world around us. Starts with our identity, goes to our beliefs and our mindsets. Those gotta be based on the kingdom of God and the truth found here in Ephesians that we're adopted, that we're redeemed, that we're sealed that we have authority, that wherever you go, you operate in a different realm than anyone around you. You're in Christ. You're bringing him with you. When you walk around this week, I want you to tell yourself, I'm walking around in Christ. When you walk by someone I want you to pray for that person. I want you to say, I'm in Christ. Maybe that person isn't. Lord, how can I minister to them? What could I do for them? I want us to operate this week from a different position than maybe we've been operating from. A position that our Heavenly Father gave everything for us to have because he loves us, because we bring him pleasure, because it was his will that we would walk in him, walk with him, and affect this world, this natural world, with supernatural kingdom principles. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.